It's time for the Thursday free-for-all on the On the Airwaves, The Infinity Project. Good evening, everybody. As you can tell by the sound of the bells, it's 9 o'clock. It's time for Beyond the Airways, the Infinity Project. <laughs> Sorry, Tim, couldn't resist hearing the hearing the, ch- the chiming bells. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Had to have a little fun there. But anyway, um, yes, it is time for Beyond the Airways, the Infinity Project. And it's Thursday, or as I like to call it, Friday Eve. That means tomorrow we get to party like it's 1999. No, maybe not. <laughs> That'd be nice. We could. No, oh we get to, Hey, we get to party like it's. We got to party like it was. October, November. Wait a minute. November second. We can yeah. party like it was November second. Okay, that'll just, work. Just not. Just not. No. Two. No. No. Two hours. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Did that but, help um, any? Yeah, it does. <laughs> anyway, it's Thursday night. That means it's time for the Thursday free-for-all. We're going to have stories that'll make you laugh, think, cry, get upset. We'll fire off a rant rocket or six. Yes, we have six rant rockets, including our supernova rant rocket. And I know we got a couple. We got at least two or three stories worthy of that already. I'm your host for oh, tonight. Yeah. I am... Yeah, I am your host for tonight. I am Oddball Extreme, and I'm currently joined in the line by two of my crazy cohorts. First, we have Red Ranger Tim. Good evening to you, sir. Good evening, my dear. We also have our AC Magician on the line. Good evening to you, my dear. Hello, everybody. I Oh, excuse me. Hope your week <laughs> went well. Yeah, my God. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I was just scooting back in my chair. My butt was beginning to hurt. Uh well, in this case, hey. it's literally, it's literally, but hurt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, smart my. ass. Hey, before <laughs> we get started, yeah, I'll ask Tim this question since I already got your answer. Tim, can you yeah. imagine Angelina Jolie in a Marvel Universe series? No. Well, hold on to your, hold on to your underwear. She is in the yeah. the, immor- the Eternal. A series called The Eternals. No, I think it's a movie actually, not a series. A, a movie a called movie. The The And I go, I can't picture Angelina Jolie in a superhero costume. But they had a picture of her and she doesn't look half bad. I just hope her acting is in a POC. POS. What? <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, the, well. I, I know a certain somebody's definitely a POS mm-hmm. on an unrelated matter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Sajo's in the chat room as well. Hi, and Sajo. I thought she'll probably be here before we knew it. Did mm-hmm. I just say she's going to be here before we knew it? I didn't even know it. <laughs> oh, my. Are you trying to tell us we're telepathic? No, I'm just trying to say. No, I'm just trying to figure out what the heck's wrong with me. Somebody hit me over the head, please. Thank you. Oh my. Tim, did you see the post I posted about William William Shatner engaging in a in a in his own version of a Twitter war? Yes, I did. Would you mind putting that article up first? We'll get that kind of fun-loving one out of the way. Sure, be glad to. Okay, well, let me. I'll go know, find can it. I, I can find it quickly. Can I read it? Found it. Yeah, I found it. I'll just put it in the chats. I, I didn't even know William and... Shatner had a Twitter account. You know that? Okay. Uh huh. Is it, is it in the chat story. yet? Yes, it is. Okay. Well, I've got to hand it to William Shatner. He may be full of himself at times, but he's handling these millennials quite well. Mm-hmm. You know, he's... Oh, come on. Shut that. Okay, I'm having problems with pop-up ads on the sidebar. 
It's okay to be a boomer. William Shatner takes entitled millennials to task in heated Twitter exchange, calls one a diva, and corrects her grammar after she blamed his generation for the hardship hardships he faces. The phrase okay boomer is used to show youthful exasperation at older people. When it when it was directed at William Shatner, he he insisted it was quote unquote a compliment for me. The eighty eight year old former Star Trek actor went on to label it a childish insult. Mm. Star Trek actor William Shatner waded into a generational row last night as he took aim at the catchphrase, OK, Boomer, and feuded with a Twitter user who had blamed older people for millennial hardships. The jibe, OK, Boomer, has become popular among millennials and the younger Generation Z, who use it to show exasperation with older people in their opinions. One Twitter user aimed it at Shatner yesterday, but the Hollywood veteran excuse me, who was born in 1931, fired back, sweetheart, that's a compliment for me. <laughs> I like the way he's not losing his temper like a certain somebody. Mm-hmm. Warming to his theme, Shatner said he would wear that badge with honor and embarked on a heated row with a, with a millennial user, eventually calling her diva-esque. Mm-hmm. I didn't know William Shatner was that old. Yeah, mm-hmm. Shatner, 88, is not a baby boomer, the generation born in the aftermath of World War II, but the phrase has been used mockingly against older people in general. His Twitter row erupted on Wednesday after he, he had sent a mocking tweet to another user in a separate conversation. One user, going by the name of Billy E., wrote, responded with the clapback, okay, boomer, He her, her has fewer than two. That should be, she has sure than 200 followers. Yeah, but I'm reading it verbatim, okay? Yeah, that's fine. Her has fewer than 200 followers, and the tweet earned only eight likes, but Shatner quickly sees the jive. Sweetheart, that's a compliment for me, he wrote, triggering a largely supportive response from his followers. Excuse me. Billy E. defended herself, saying she was not really into pejoratives, but mm-hmm. what's the term for people when they can't interpret a joke? What is a pe- could you de- define pejorative for me? I'll look it up. Pe- pejorative. Okay, that's a new one. Pejorative definition. Here we go. Uh, expressing contempt or disapproval. Okay. Billy E. defended herself saying she was not really into pejoratives. But what's the term for for people when they can't interpret a joke Shatner could not resist another dig at that answering millennials the actor expanded on his point when another user chimed in to say they were already sick of this okay boomer nonsense (laughs) then it goes I'm only going to read part of the tweets actually Jan I don't think you have to because it's already already been mentioned in the article so you don't have to read it again I feel it's like one of those childish insults in fandom that seem to affect the delicate types to the point they melt down and go over the rest of our heads as something ridiculous. If the person posting it thinks they are making a dig, they are the fools. Another user, Courtney DeCamp, defended the term by saying it was not applied to all older people, but only to ignorant ones. Shatner waited and again asking, and just what are we ignorant about, Courtney? We don't understand struggles, war, depressions, economic, not personal, inflation, double-digit prime interest rates. DeCamp retorted that millennials had inherited hardships, which are not their fault, and which many older people do not understand. But Shatner was having none of it, asking, is that all your generation does is point fingers and blame others for their pity parties? Okay. Okay. Would you mind going ahead? Yeah. And read while I go get a drink of water. Okay, sure. there's a bunch of tweets there. Yeah, I'm not going to read because most of them aren't no. even mentioned. No, I'm good. I'll go ahead and read this. Cause... Okay, go ahead. You don't get okay. a participation trophy. That's what yeah, you I are. got it. Yeah. You don't get a participation trophy for life. You take what you get and play your best hand. It's been that way since forever, he said. That is so true. 
Some users came to Shatner's defense by calling to camp entitled and questioning her claim of millennial hardships. The role continued for several more tweets to camp denied she had been targeting Shatner specifically, but the actor took her grandma to task by pointing out she had used a plural term. The camp went on to ask Shatner, why are you so offended by a phrase that can't possibly pertain to you because of his age? I said I'd wear that badge with honor, Shatner replied last night, several hours after the row had first erupted. Unlike you, the generation's designation doesn't define me, nor am I too worried about getting labeled because it makes no difference to me. You seem to be obsessed, blaming other gens. Some millennials are pushing 40. You aren't kids. In a final retort, he said, her bio says she's an actress. No production wants someone who blames their situation on everybody else. That's Diva S. She's entitled to her opinion, but she isn't doing herself any favors by pretending she's siding with millennials while pretending she's not one. The camp had disputed that she was a millennial, though Shatner said she had graduated high school in 2003 and she did not challenge the claim. Millennials are defined by the U.S. Census Bureau as people born between 1982 and 2000, although there are other definitions. Generation Z is the subsequent cohort. Before millennials, there was Generation X, then the baby boomers, then the so-called silent generation who were growing up during World War II. The term OK Boomer has gained traction on apps such as TikTok, which have a predominantly younger user base. It has recently come to wider attention, and yesterday, a New Zealand politician used it during a speech in the country's parliament. Green Party MP Chloe Swarbrick deployed the phrase to silence another MP who had interrupted her speech about climate change. Where are we? At the end. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we at the end of that one. Okay. Well, I, how do you I, think I, William Shatner? Ha- I want your opinion. How do you think he handled it? I think he handled it beautifully. Yeah, he did not get into a really, really bad Twitter, bad Twitter war like certain people do. Yeah. I and think he handled himself well. Mm-hmm. What? I said when you said that like he he handles himself better than certain people do. I said right. yes, and that person needs to have their Twitter access revoked. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. He All right. Into, yes, that certain someone would really love to get into an argument with Captain James T. Kirk. Yep. Okay. Now, um. There's a lot to choose from here in terms of um, firing off the first rant rocket. So I'm going to give you all the choices. Here they are. First, James Dean reborn in CGI for Vietnam War action drama. That's number one. Number two, 911 supervisor played Netflix movie as callers sought help. I saw that one on the news. <coughs> yeah, and then... Um, Number three, bomb scare reported on Marvel's Eternal set. That's the one that Janet had mentioned with Angelina Jolie. And then we have we have actually two more choices. CBS projects Purdue students Puerto Rican ID asked for immigration papers to buy cold medicine. And last but not least, victim of Milwaukee acid attack says he was told to go back to your country. So you all get the pick. Which one would you like, Tim? Say that again. Which which article would you like for her to fire the the multi-purpose rant rocket about? I didn't hear the choices. Oh, well, okay, all right. I, I say the um, one where the um, student is asked for his his um, I, proper ID before he could buy the cold medicine. Okay. All right. Well, Tim, I'll give you the choices one more time. It's um, James Dean reborn in the CGI for a movie. Uh, let's see. 911. This is the one you posted. 911 supervisor played Netflix movie as callers sought help. Uh, the Puerto, the the one I just mentioned, and Janet was choosing the CBS rejecting the Purdue students Puerto Rican ID. And then the victim of the Milwaukee acid attack says he was told to go back to your country. And then there was a bomb scare on Marvel's Eternal set. I'm going to go for the one I posted, the Netflix of the 911. Okay. Uh, Since I'm doing the tiebreaker, I saw this story on the news yesterday morning. I'm going to go with the 911 supervisor. Is that all right with you, Janet? Okay. Yes, and then you could do my choice. That'll work. 
Okay, that'll work. I'm flexible. All right, that will work. So, but yeah, I actually saw it when you posted it yesterday. I remember I saw it on the news. So, so I do, I do remember that. This is like, are you crazy? Oh my god. All right, so anyway, this is out of Coral Springs, Florida, and even though it, I mean, this was on Tim's local station, even though the story's not from, so here's what happened. Uh, Right. A South Florida 911 dispatch supervisor was watching I Am Mother on Netflix while a caller unsuccessfully tried to get help after someone shot out her car's windshield, an internal affairs investigation found. Records show a 34-minute delay in the June 9th call being dispatched to an officer. The victim told the South Florida Sun Sentinel she had called back 16 minutes later and finally drove herself to the Coral Springs Police Station after being told an officer was on the way. It was a very hard situation, Guadalupe Herrera told the newspaper. It was a drive-by shooting. My windshield was shattered. Nobody showed up. Investigators later learned the call was logged as a suspicious incident rather than a priority. Investigators wanted to know the error happened. Let me try that again. Investigators wanted to know how the error happened and how the supervisor missed it. As part of an internal affairs investigation, investigators pulled data from Supervisor Julie Vidod's computer and found the most used applications were Netflix, Hulu, and Xfinity TV. They learned the Hilly Swank movie was playing for two hours during the time Herrera tried to get help. Bullshit. Yeah. Vidod told Sergeant Dave Kirkland that movies played in the background as she worked. The report noted that Vidod said there was a good chance that Netflix was running, but she would not have been watching during that period of time. Kirkland told Vidod the call was handled so badly he would describe it as a catastrophic failure, the report said. He noted in the report that Vidod spends an inordinate amount of time conducting personal business on her police work computer, including watching movies and streaming TV. According to Kirkland, the 911 dispatcher who handled the first call from Herrera was fired. The second person was disciplined and has since been terminated. The investigation was inconclusive on what Vidod was doing at the time of the incident, but she's facing discipline for failure to supervise and is expected to receive a two-day suspension without pay, police said. She promised she would no longer have Netflix playing at work, according to the report. The agency has now changed its policy to prohibit any streaming of media services during shifts, the agency told the newspaper. The person who shot at Herrera has been charged with premeditated attempted murder, Kirkland said. Now that is bullshit. Yeah, you know it's what like would happen if you would have bought up Spectrum at work? Mm-hmm. You'd get your ass fired in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at okay. my job, at my job, you're not allowed to be on Facebook on the desktop computers. Right, so that's why you mess up your phone. Mm-hmm. Excuse <clears throat> me if you get a loud, no- rude noise from me. That's fine. I'm drinking carbonated water. Fuji apple flavor. Fuji, Fuji apple. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, All my. right. All right, so by default, the next story is going to be the CBS Rejects Purdue Students' Puerto Rican ID. It's like, seriously, what the hell planet are some of these people on? Because Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory. Evidently, somebody didn't take their um, take their high school's civics class seriously. Yeah. Just like I still remember when that guy, that guy in New Mexico, he was trying to work on. I think he was trying to get his driver's license. But guess what? It's like uh, we need immigration papers. It's like uh, New Mexico is a state, dum dum. Uh huh. Yep. Boy, stupid is as stupid does. And you know what I think I'm gonna this do? Right I, think there, this I think right it's time to fire that stupid ramp rocket. Fire away. All right, one supernova rent rocket come in. Four, right. three. Oh yeah. This, is, this, this is a lot of people mad. 
CBS rejects Purdue students' Puerto Rican ID, asks for immigration papers to buy cold medicine. And this is out of West Lafayette, Indiana. CBS officials say they are investigating a claim by a Purdue University engineering student who said he was denied the purchase of an over-the-counter cold medicine because employees at an Indiana store looked at his Puerto Rican driver's license and told him he needed a valid U.S. ID before pressing him about his immigration status. The situation, which happened October 25th, turned into a viral social media moment when the mother of Purdue Jr., Jose Guzman Payano, told the story in a post that had been shared more than 5,500 times by Saturday. Arlene Payano Burgos Point, writing from her home in Calle, Puerto Rico, her son is, in fact, a United States citizen. What caused this employee to ask him for his visa? Payano Burgos wrote in a Facebook post that was still gathering steam this weekend in West Lafayette and Purdue circles. Was it his accent? Was it his skin color? Was it the Puerto Rican flag on the license? Whatever triggered her to discriminate against my son embodies exactly what is wrong with the United States of America today. True. Bayana Burgos reached Saturday at his dorm in Shreve Hall. He said he hadn't heard from CBS after contacting corporate offices for the national pharmacy chain to find out what he'd been told in the store that his driver's license from Puerto Rico didn't fit the company's policy of U.S., Canadian, and Mexican IDs. Only was actually true. But CBS did offer an apology via a statement when asked by the JNC. We are committed to ensuring that every customer receives courteous, outstanding service in our stores. And we apologize to the customer for his recent experience, Amy Tabal, a CBS spokeswoman said. We are fully investigating this matter to learn more about what occurred. While our employees must adhere to laws and regulations requiring identification for the purchase of over-the-counter medication, our expectation is that all customers be treated in a professional manner. How about IDs from Puerto Rico, which is a territory of the United States? Yes, a Puerto Rican ID is considered a valid form of identification at CVS Pharmacy, Tabot said. All employees at this location have been reminded of the company policy. The episode started when Guzman Payano went to bed October 24th, feeling like a cold was coming on, and woke up to a sore throat and congestion bad enough that it was difficult to breathe. A diagnosis that the Purdue University Student Health Center later that day pointed to bronchitis. That morning, though, he said he figured mucinex and over-the-counter medication would do the trick. Guzman Payano, who had been at West Lafayette since the start, since the start of the fall 2017 semester, said he was a weekly customer at the CVS store on the ground floor for the Fuse building. It was close to campus, he said, and he'd be able to pick up a few other things while he was there. He said he rang up the items in a self-scan checkout and waited for a store clerk when the machine's screen noted that an ID check was required for the cold medicine. When he showed his ID, one that met the real ID, uh, the real ID criteria, a clerk told him it wasn't enough. She said, I needed a visa, Guzman Payano said. I tried to explain that Puerto Rico was part of the United States. I didn't need a visa or anything. She just said the same thing three times. He said he had his passport, so he sewed that with no luck. He said the store employee told him he still needed to see some sort of immigration status before he could buy the cold medicine. That's when I realized what was happening, he said. It wasn't worth talking anymore. He left and then came back a few minutes later to see whether a shift supervisor or manager could help out. Guzman Payano said he received the same line about corporate policy. Guzman Payano said that he hadn't run into similar situations in West Lafayette since arriving at Purdue, which lists 71 students enrolled from Puerto Rico on the university student data page online. I don't think it's a coincidence that this happened, Guzman Payano said. It is weird because we're such a broad campus at Purdue. There are many people, there are people from everywhere, but I can't use my ID from Puerto Rico? Not even my passport? It shouldn't happen here, period. Guzman Payano wound up finding a friend with a car who drove into, I think, Major? M-E-I-J-E-R? In Myers, West Lafayette. Maybe. Meyer, thank you. That's it. In West Lafayette. He said the store carded him before selling the cold medicine. He said there were no questions at that store. Since then, he said he's been trying to keep up with his course load while coming off bronchitis. Meanwhile, the 940-word post from his mother gained traction on the phone. Ayano Burgos said she wrote it in hopes that other Puerto Rican students wouldn't go through similar situations. It was outrageous for me, Ayano Burgos said. He had a cold. He needed cough medicine. I couldn't let this stand. Well, that is bullshit as far as I'm concerned. It yeah. is bullshit. 
Yeah, because somebody did not do their homework at all. And, uh, uh, I think somebody flunked civics. Mm-hmm. They they flunked geography and history too. Yep. Because I think that is a load of dingo's kidneys. Yeah. Oh, it is. Well, but, you 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 uh, know you know what movie I what show I referenced in that. Mm-hmm. Don't you, Shirley? Yeah. Hitchhiker, the original Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Galaxy. All right. So, give us another threesome choice. All right, here's a choice. Uh, James Dean reborn as a CGI in a new movie. Uh, The volunteer on the Marvel Turtle set. Or the victim of Milwaukee Gaston, Texas. He was told to go back to your country. That one. I'm going to vote for the acid attack. All right, the acid attack it is. Okay, give me a second to put all in all the chats here. Sorry, I took a shower tonight, so you know what that does to me. Zonk. Yeah, make zonk. Zonk. Okay. All right, so. Uh, victim, victim of Milwaukee acid attack says he was told to go back to his country. Mahud Villalas, a U.S. citizen who received second-degree burns to his face, recalled his attacker saying, "You came here to invade." What? What did he say, Shirley? I couldn't quite hear you. You came here to invade. Okay. Thank you. All right. And this, yeah, this was posted on Monday. The police in Milwaukee on Monday were investigating an attack on a Hispanic man as a possible hate crime after the victim, who was severely burned on his face and neck, reported that his attackers asked on him and told him to go back to your country. The victim, Mahud Villalas, 42, was assaulted outside a Mexican restaurant in the Lincoln Village neighborhood of Milwaukee on Friday. He described being attacked by a white man who hurled racist insults at him and accused him of being an illegal before splashing acid on him. The police said they had arrested a 61-year-old white man in connection with the attack, but as of Monday night, they had not announced any charges nor released the suspect's identity. Mr. Villalaz, an American citizen who came to the United States from Peru 19 years ago, said the episode began when he parked near the Taqueria and was confronted by the man about how close his pickup truck was to a bus stop. Mr. Villalaz returned to his vehicle and moved it about a block away. As he walked toward the restaurant again, he said, the man said, you came here to invade. A nearby surveillance camera captured the attack on video, showing a man splashing liquid onto the left side of Mr. Villalaz's face. Mr. Villalaz said he rushed into the restaurant's bathroom and rinsed his face with water, which may have lessened his injuries. The police described the liquid only as a corrosive substance, but Mr. Villalaz said doctors told him they thought it was battery acid and it also burned a jacket, sweater, and shirt he was wearing. Mayor Tom Barrett of Milwaukee and member of the, members of the city's Hispanic community said they were alarmed by the attack and were worried that statements made by President Trump had cultivated an anti-immigrant sentiment. This anger towards people from other countries is being fed by our president and by his followers. Mr. Barrett, a Democrat, told reporters on Monday, what we saw over the weekend is a manifestation of that anger. The victim is a United States citizen, Mr. Barrett added. He has as much right to be here as any one of us. Daryl Morin, the president of Forward Latino, an advocacy group based in the Milwaukee area, said, Sadly, this is following the pattern we're seeing nationwide, citing the mass shooting Hispanics were targeted in El Paso, Texas, as the most horrifying example. The attackers reported use of the word invade was particularly troubling, Mr. Morin said, given Mr. Trump's public warnings of an invasion by immigrants on America's southwestern border. Language also echoed by the El Paso suspect. Mr. Trump also told a group of four minority Democratic congresswomen to go back to their countries this summer. Remember them? What we are seeing mm-hmm. is not, what we are seeing is not just an attack on immigrants; it's an attack on all Hispanics. Mr. Warren said it's an attack on America as a whole. According to Jose G. Perez, who represents Lincoln Village and seven nearby neighborhoods on the city council, the area around the attack is overwhelmingly Hispanic and has been attracting new businesses. Latinos are the backbone of population growth in the city and in the district, he said. 
Mr. Villalaz was treated at a hospital for second-degree burns on his face and third-degree burns on his neck, as well as irritation to his left eye. He was recovering at home on Monday. Mr. Morin, whose organization has been providing assistance to Mr. Villalaz, said the victim and his family were comfortable to come up with the arrest of the suspect and grateful for the efforts of the Milwaukee Police Department. An online campaign to raise funds for Mr. Villalaz's medical expenses has already exceeded its goal of $15,000. Mr. Villalaz, the father of two young boys, Elaine, seven and eight and five, said the attack had been hard on his son. The younger one started crying and said, why would somebody do this to you, Daddy? He said, I'd explain this to a little boy. But my older son understands a little better. He said, it was crazy people out there. Ain't it the truth? Yes. Oh. Hello, Ashley. Oh. oh. Hey, Ash. Hey. Long time Hello. no here. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, tonight, tonight we got a whole lot of stories that require the use of a rant rocket because these are some really bad stories. All Surely? Right. I, yes. Surely? I'm playing a yes. magician episode in the background. Can you hear it? No. Good. I do not hear it. Okay. Good. I don't have it turned out real loud. Okay, so here's the next question. Which story would you guys like? The Marvel Eternals bomb scare or... James Dean Reborn in CGI. I'd say the Marvel bomb threat. All right. Me too. How about okay. you, Ashley? Same okay, here. now I'll say all right, now it wasn't actually a bomb threat per se. It was just an unexploded bomb, possibly from World War Two. Because oh weren't they filming in a spot that was used by the Germans in World War Two? Yes. Okay. Okay. So here's what happened. It was obviously terrifying. The bomb could have been there for decades untouched, but who knows what might have happened if it was disturbed, an insider told the Sun. So here's what's going on. According to various reports, Angelina Jolie and other members of the film The Eternals got a scare when a bomb was reportedly found on set. Multiple outlets have reported that the production of the Marvel project was halted when members of the crew found an unidentified object in the near vicinity. E.T. has learned that uh, an unidentified object was found on the set where second unit filming was taking place, Entertainment Tonight confirmed. Per safety protocol, the area was inspected and deemed safe and production resumed. No cast was present, but crew were asked to clear the area while the inspection occurred. The location where filming is taking place is on an island that was previously used as a German military base during the Second World War. Jolie, Jolie is currently shooting the project alongside other A-list stars such as Richard Madden, Kumail Nanjiani, Brian Tyree Henry, and Salma Hayek. Let's see. It was obviously terrifying. The bomb could have been there for decades untouched, but who knows what might have happened if it was disturbed, an insider told the Sun. Some of the biggest stars in the world were on set, and nobody was taking any chances. Fortunately, experts dealt with it. The Eternals is slated for release late next year. Okay, I just hope that Angelina Jolie has a decent role. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Hmm. But we should be used to um, Angelina Jolie being in a costume, because remember, she just played Maleficent. Yeah. So, all right. So that leaves the other story to be James Dean reborn in CGI for Vietnam War action drama, and a lot of people are not happy with this one already. Uh oh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are not happy with this uh, one. The um, the immortals. Does you mean better the Eternals? Than Malef- the Eternals mean the does Eternals? better than Maleficent did. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Okay, so uh, let's see if we can get out of that now. All right, so this was posted yesterday. So here's what's going on. 
Um, let's see. The culture icon, who died in 1955, will return to the screen via CGI using actual footage and photos for Finding Jack. James Dean, who died in a 1955 car crash at the age of 24, is making an unexpected return to the big screen. The cultural icon, known for Rebel Without a Cause and East Vietnam, has been posthumously cast in the Vietnam-era action drama Finding Jack. Directed by Anson Anton Ernst and Tati Golik, the project comes from the filmmaker's own directly-launched production house, Magic City Films, which obtained the rights to use Dean's image from his family. Canadian uh, special effects banner Imagine Engine will be working alongside South African special effects company MOI Worldwide to recreate what the filmmakers describe as a realistic version of James Dean. Good luck with that. Adapted by Mari Silver from Gareth Crocker's novel, Finding Jack is based on the existence and abandonment of more than 10,000 military dogs at the end of the Vietnam War. Dean will play a character called Rogan, considered a secondary lead role. We searched high and low for the perfect character to portray the role of Rogan, which has some extreme complex character arts, and after a month of research, we decided on James Dean, said Ernst, who also produces with Gullick for Magic Sting Films alongside Donald A. Barton of Artistry Media Group. We feel very honored that his family supports us and will take every precaution to ensure that his legacy as one of the most epic film stars to date is kept firmly intact. The family views this as his fourth movie, a movie he never got to make. We do not intend to let its fans down. While Finding Jack will be live action, the Hollywood Reporter understands that Dean's performance will be constructed by a full-body CGI using actual footage and photos. Another actor will voice him. Multiple, multiple Oscar-nominated songwriter Diane Warren wrote the key song for the film, and acclaimed composer Laurent Equiem is on board to score the film. Pre-production on Finding Jack starts November 17th. That means next Sunday. With a goal for a World War release on Veterans Day 2020, Magic City Films is handling the foreign sales. The filmmakers are now hoping that the CGI technology used to bring Dean back to life on screen could soon be deployed on other well-known figures. This opens up a whole new opportunity for many of our clients who are no longer with us, said Mark Rosler, CEO of CMG Worldwide, which represents Dean's family alongside more than 1,700 entertainment, sports, music, and historical personalities, including the likes of Burt Reynolds, Christopher Reed, Ingrid Bergman, Neil Armstrong, Betty Davis, and Jack Lemmon. Added Ernst, our partners in South Africa are very excited about this, and this technology would also be employed down the line to recreate historical icons such as Nelson Mandela to tell stories of cultural heritage significance. Barton added, now that we have closed this with this iconic figure, we look forward to rapidly closing our remaining actors. But a lot of people well, you want to know something? What? If I know that James Dean is an icon and all that, mm-hmm. but if it works, if they make it work properly, it might work. But I can see the misgivings mm. as well. And that is all I'm saying. That's fine. But, yeah. Huh. I mean, there's just been a lot of bad news today. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. You probably heard this one now. There is now a person of interest in that uh, missing Auburn student. Oh, I didn't that hear he, that. Yeah, it, it was announced just not too long ago today. But um, they they announced they are looking for a suspect, and it looks like it's an apparent kidnapping because you know he obviously kidnapped he obviously kidnapped her allegedly. Right now he's considered armed and extremely dangerous. That's so like you might want to call nine one one. So Okay. Hmm, here's something interesting, weather related. Um Commerce Department aids new Alabama hurricane forecasters from not responding to Trump, but still rebuked them. Remember Sharpie Gate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, let's just say, let's just say, even though it's been almost three months, the drama continues. Blech. 
Okay, there we go. All right, so this was actually posted just 16 minutes ago. Damn. Yeah, unless this is 924 Eastern, so. Okay, so anyway, here's what's going on. Senior aides of the Commerce Department forced the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOA, NOAA, to publicly rebuke its weather forecasters in Birmingham, Alabama, for contradicting President Trump's comments about the threat Hurricane Dorian posed to that state, even after NOAA informed them that the agency's meteorologists were not aware at the time they were contradicting the president, according to three officials familiar with the matter. These NOAA officials spoke to the Washington Post on the condition of anonymity due to the sensitivity surrounding ongoing investigations into the agency's uh, actions regarding Hurricane Dorian. NOAA and its National Weather Service are part of the Commerce Department. I have one question. Why? Good question. Put them in the Science Department. According to emails released via a Freedom of Information Act request from the Post and other news organizations, Julie K. Roberts, NOAA's Deputy Chief of Staff and Communications Director, was told on September 2nd about the motivation behind a tweet that the National Weather Service Office in Birmingham had sent at 11.11 a.m. the day before. When forecasters there tweeted, Alabama will not see any impacts from Dorian, they were responding to an influx of calls about worried residents and not to, not to an earlier tweet from Trump. Trump had wrongly tweeted at 10:51 a.m. the same day that Alabama would most likely hit under. I'm trying to again. Most likely be hit much harder than anticipated, sparking confusion and fear across the state. Alabama was not in the so-called zone of a uh, cone of uncertainty for Dorian at the time, or close to the zone most likely to be affected by its hazardous conditions. I wanted to let you know the forecasters in Birmingham who made the clarification post for Alabama were unaware of the POTUS tweet when they made their post. Susan Buchanan, director of public affairs for the National Weather Service, wrote to the Weather Service and NOAA officials, including Roberts, in an email on September 2nd. The Washington Post reported that this was the case. However, Buchanan's eight legs bring to light that senior agency officials knew for four days before NOAA issued the controversial unsigned statement critical of the forecasters for speaking in absolute terms. The new emails show that Chris Darden, the meteorologist in charge of the Birmingham office, had written in an email to Weather Service officials, including Buchanan, on September 1st. Some in the media assumed, understandably so, that our social media posts were a direct response to the White House post. In fact, they were not as we were not they were not as we were not even aware of them at the time. It was directly in response to the increase in calls from anxious and panicked citizens and core partners. Give me a second while I take some water in here. Mm. Okay. As the political storm swirled during this period between September 2nd and when Noah set out, sent out its statement on September 6th, the agency was dealing with the high-stakes work of forecasting the actual hurricane, which peaked at Category 5 intensity and devastated the northern, northwestern Bahamas. Roberts received an early morning phone call on September 6th from senior Commerce Department aides traveling with Secretary Wilbury, Wilbur, <laughs> Wilbury? Yeah, right. Wilbur Ross in Greece, directing her to put together a timeline of, of events involving the forecast for Hurricane Dorian and the risk it posed to Alabama and related agency communications on the matter. She and acting NOAA head Neil Jacobs were then involved in providing feedback to the Commerce Department regarding in an unsigned statement the agency ultimately sent out the same day that was critical of the Alabama forecasters as the post previously reported. Knowing that the forecasters had no political motivations, Jacobs and Roberts tried but, f- tried but failed to block the paragraph from admonishing them, which originated from the Commerce Department. The Commerce Department did not respond to requests for comment. The president's false claim that Alabama would be hit by the storm and the actions of the Commerce Department took to force no to force NOAA to issue a statement in support of such a claim, raise questions about political interference in a science agency whose mission is is to protect public safety. Senior political officials at the Commerce Department, including Michael Wash Jr., Chief of Staff to Ross, Dave DeWurst, Deputy General Counsel, and Earl Comstock, Director of Policy, orchestrated drafting the statement, the Post reported. White House Acting Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney had been involved in high-level conversations about the statement, though I mean through the Commerce Department officials. 
As the Post previously reported, Mulvaney was acting at the request of Trump. Blech. Yep. Trump's tweet that Alabama will be affected by the storm gained national attention when, during an Oval Office press availability, he presented the version of a forecast cone from August 29th, extended into Alabama, modified with a Sharpie. The crudely altered map appeared to represent an effort to retroactively justify the original Alabama tweet. Emails show mounting frustration among Weather Service staff following the NOAA statement. The emails released as part of the Freedom of Information Act requests reveal that after the NOAA statement was released, officials at the Weather Service were left scrambling to deal with a public revolt and internal dissent, which simultaneously comes to grips with what had happened. On September 7th, Buchanan sent an email to Roberts describing receiving a lot of angry hate mail and phone calls in response to the statement. Benjamin Friedman, Deputy Undersecretary for NOAA Operations, replied, I am being targeted as well. This is a difficult time. Weather Service Deputy Director Mary Erickson forwarded a scathing public email from Sherry P. to Weather Service Director Louis Mussolini on September 8th. The email stated that Americans are appropriately horrified that NOAA was not standing by the National Weather Service. The email concluded, please don't allow that to be undermined by what is, in all likelihood, a temporary but very dark time for America's democracy. Mussolini replied, powerful statement. Uh, one email sent by a NOAA employee to an to an agency public affairs official shows how the statement was being received internally. I'm reaching out to just, just to help provide feedback for the agency. The statement is deeply upsetting to no employees that have worked the hurricane and not fully accurate based on the timeline in question, the staff member wrote. Additional emails show Weather Service officials coordinating on how to boost morale within the agency by making short appreciation calls to several centers and forecast offices. In response to the information released in the emails as part of uh, Freedom of Information Act, NOAA spokesperson Scott Smolin said Thursday, the documents speak for themselves and they demonstrate a professional communications office handling media inquiries and normal agency operational email chatter in addition to employee and public reaction to the issue. NOAA's unsigned statement critical of the forecasters has generated at least three investigations, including one by the Commerce Department's Inspector General, one by the House Committee, and another another by NOAA's chief scientist, who is looking into possible violations of the agency's scientific integrity policy. And that is the end of the article. Whew. Okay, uh... Now, this was not posted in the group. I know you probably heard this one. Buffalo Wild Wings asked a group to move because customers did not like to be sitting near them. Oh, that inspired. We have never been to Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't think we'll ever go there. That's another bullshit call. Yep. Can we fire the rocket again just for that Can we fire the triple rocket, please? Okay. Oh, no, we're going to go... Either extreme or supernova. We're going to go all out on this one. Do the supernova. That's all. Al. All right. One supernova coming up. Okay. Now, this was posted back on Tuesday, but the incident, I think, happened late last month. I'll find out in a minute. Anyway, the Vols went out on a Saturday night near Chicago in search of dinner. But the family and their party, a mostly African-American group of parents and young kids celebrating a birthday, say they faced discrimination head-on instead when a staff at Buffalo Wild Wings repeatedly ordered them to leave their table, all because another customer did not want to sit next to black people. Well, why didn't they move? You mean, why didn't the guy move? No, why didn't the people who didn't want to sit next to blacks, why didn't they ask to move, huh? Uh, Instead of forcing that family to move. Yeah. Well, anyway, now the incident has gone viral, the staff has been fired, and the restaurant chain is facing backlash after yet another troubling example of public discrimination captured online. If you don't want to sit next to certain people in a public restaurant, then you should probably eat dinner in the comfort of your own home. Mary Vall wrote on Facebook in a post that has been shared more than 4,500 times as of early Monday. 
Well, for the Wild Wings didn't immediately return a message Sunday night, but a spokesperson from the team told the Associated Press that it had fired the employees involved in, after an internal investigation. The company values an inclusive environment and has zero tolerance for discrimination of any kind, a spokesperson said in a statement to WBBM. The fact is ambiguous, said Canon D. Lambert, the attorney representing the families, at a news conference on Tuesday. Lambert said the company's statements are like many others we've seen before. Accountability, however, doesn't automatically mean a lawsuit, he said. Lambert said the families are seeking to be involved in the development of Buffalo Wild Wings. Sensitivity, tra- sensitivity training as they grapple with their feelings and the aftermath of being discriminated against. This is the perfect opportunity for Buffalo Wild Wings to be a good corporate citizen, he said, outlining how he expects the economy to prevent what, ha- what happens to the balls. If you agree with us that this should never have happened, we look forward to talking with you further. On October 26th, following a birthday party, the Vols party showed up to a Buffalo Wild Wings in a strip mall near Naperville, Illinois, a racially diverse suburb about 40 minutes west, 40 minutes southwest of Chicago. Mary's husband, Justin, had asked for a table for 15, but as the host began setting up the table, he quickly realized he had miscounted the size of the group and went on to correct his mistake. Then the host, a young African-American man, asked a question that, got, that took him aback. What race are you guys? What does it matter? Justin Vall asked the host. Sitting nearby, the host was a regular customer who doesn't want black people sitting near him. He labeled the man as racist. The Valls and their friends didn't want to give that other customer any satisfaction, so they sat down at the table anyway and began ordering drinks and appetizers. All the while, they started getting glares from the man, who appears to be white in a photo Mary posted on Facebook, and noticed them talking to waitstaff. That's when a manager told them they'd have to get up for a new table. These seats are reserved, the manager told them, and we will have to move your group. Never mind the fact that Buffalo Wild Wings doesn't take reservations, according to the Naperville Sun. I can account for that part, too. Excuse me, I take some water. Mm. When the Vols complained to their waitress, she told them that she already knew what was happening. The regular customers are racist, she said, so she couldn't do anything. When multiple managers tried to order the group to move to a new table, the six adults in the party decided to leave Buffalo Wild Wings entirely. As they got up to leave the restaurant, the host had tears in his eyes, and other customers got up to hug the group. Marcus Riley, a member of the party, told WBBM. Reached by phone late Sunday, Justin Paul declined to comment, saying that he still needed to meet with his attorneys. But in an interview with the TV station, Marcus Riley worried that the interaction inside the restaurant would make kids question what their teachers and classmates uh, thought of them. Good point. It's 2019. We're supposed to be past, past this, he said, noting that the kids are the, ta- the kids at the table were of different backgrounds, but in all the minority and their mostly white schools. As they drove down, as they all, as they drove to a Hooters restaurant down the street, Riley's kids offered up a litany of troubling questions. Hey, have they done something wrong? Why did the man not like them? Riley told the station. He had he answered with his own question. If they don't value us as people, as human beings, would you want to pay them? Still, the incident seemed to weigh on the same way on some of them. Even Vol 10 related to the TV station. No one should experience what we experienced that day with racism. His friend Darian Smothers, also 10, said he had been thinking about the incident all last week. In other words, he could have been a um, a golem, something, something, something. Uh, what? That was the most, I can't remember. The, I can't remember the name. I've lost it. Let's see. Uh, that was the most troubling thing for me," said Riley, who was also their basketball coach. "To have my children go through that, it brought me to tears." He reached out to Buffalo Wild Wings, which later told the son that it was in direct communication with the guests to understand their account of what happened and to offer Artivas apologies for my unacceptable behavior. By Sunday, multiple employees at the restaurant had been fired and several others had quit. The local media did not report how many were dismissed or what role they had playing, played in the incident. Uh, let's see. Lambert wants Buffalo Wild Wings to implement racial bias screening for job applicants. Habits employees handbook state that the company has a zero tolerance policy and, uh, around racially bigoted actions and create an anti-racial bias from form from new hires to sign as a condition for employment. The company should also post 
uh, pro-inclusion signage in its freight rooms and establish a hotline for employees to dial and report incidents of real kick-ass, of real bias, I, racial bias, I should say. Uh, lastly, what I'm looking for, what we're looking for, is Buffalo Wild Wings to establish an accountability system, he said. It's imperative um, when you tell us there's a, you're banning a couple but won't tell you who they are, then how do we know? Well, actually, Brandon and Courtney already mentioned that themselves earlier in the year. Uh, Ashton Lene Smith, mother of two young boys, said seeing her daughter, seeing her told her try to understand what happened is hurtful. To know that you have someone telling you that you, I don't want to sit next to you because you're sit, you're black, she said, with tears streaming and children be, behind wiping away her their tears of joy in sleeves and jacket collars. And you're black. It's okay for you to be black. It's okay for you to. It's okay for them to be that way, which is true. Uh, Riley said he's had tough conversations about the incident with the children he mentioned, but he wonders if his words have answered the questions or his responses have been correct. They're so delicate because they don't understand, he said. We're trying to answer to the best of our ability. The boys had a bright spot that Riley said he hopes they would remember instead. The day after the incident, they won their three-on-three basketball tournament with a, with a nearby Oak Brook, Illinois store, 30318. Give me a second here. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, where in the world was I? Let's see. Uh, let's see. Five young boys, all different ethnicities, work together to achieve a common goal. Justin Vall wrote on Facebook, according to the TV station. Less than 24 hours after having to walk out of a restaurant where they weren't want where they weren't wanted because of the color of their skin. Justin Vall said he's still in disbelief about the whole situation. That said, he lasted about 45 minutes. Uh, it was a pretty long time. It seemed like forever, he said. All right, that's it. Well, you want to know something? That is well, effing bullshit as far as I'm concerned. I know. It's bullshit. I agree. When we are cut, do we not all bleed red? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what was kind of sweet? What? It doesn't matter. It didn't matter. Um, a friend of ours up the street has a mom who likes to like to go on walkabouts. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunate. Well, she has the beginning of Alzheimer's. But I, I was outside taking in the garbage cans this afternoon, so are coming down the street. Mm-hmm. And he comes walking down walking the down street. the street. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I invited her in the house and. My mom and Jack just love her. In fact, Jack teasingly calls Ethel his girlfriend. Mm, so I jokingly told Jack, "You you missed your girlfriend this afternoon, and she's black. Mm-hmm. We've got a black family living next door, a black family yep. living up two doors up. There's one that lives up the street a little ways. It doesn't matter." Mm-hmm. To me, prejudice is effing stupid. If you want to learn about another race, just ask mm-hmm. questions. Politely yeah, ask so questions. You yeah, can learn so a lot more. You can depi- you could detract more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. And that mm-hmm. guy that didn't want to sit next to that family evidently mm-hmm. evidently loved vinegar. Yeah. Well, all right. We are running out of time, so... <clears throat> Uh, I'm going to say this. Tomorrow night, of course, is the Alt Review and Naughty Mad Libs show. Tim, bring as many of your naughties as you can. I'm bringing them Oh, all. before we go, I got a joke for you. Okay. What, what do you call it when a pig kills another pig? Mm, no clue. Hamicide. Oh, that was bad. That was bad. Hey, all right. Blame live PD police cam for that. Live PD (laughs) police cam for that. Here's what led up to that. Okay, Janet, Janet, we're running out of of time. Okay, I'll tell you in private before you go to bed. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, um, all right. With that in mind, please remember to follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and follow us at our website, beyondtheairways.weebly.com. If you ever miss an episode, there are three ways to catch up. 
First is the Stitcher.com app, available on iTunes, Google Play, and the Amazon Kindle Store. Second, you can listen to or download full episodes of the show from blogtalkradio.com. And finally, you can find us on iTunes. Just do a search in the podcast, read on the airwaves, and you'll find many of our episodes there. So with that in mind, I'm going to say love, peace, and chicken grease. Everybody have a great night. Sleep well, stay safe, and we will see you tomorrow for the All That We Do and Nothing Mad Lib Show. Looking forward to that. Ladies, mm-hmm. I do not like the way this owl is looking. Oh, I'll get another copy and we're going yeah. tomorrow because I think I'm going to crash early. Ladies and gentlemen, coffee. <laughs> no, coffee. <laughs> yeah, have some coffee and a ham hamburger. Yep. All right. That's all for tonight. Have a great night. And remember... You... I almost had him. I had him. I almost had him. <laughs> you stuttering prick, you. Shut up! Woo! And then we get this one. I'm Groot. Mm-hmm. I'm Groot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm Groot. Oh, shit! <laughs> Woo! All right. And last but not least, I'm going to go just plain simple with this one. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, 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 hell no, 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 shut up. All Ooh. right, that is it for tonight. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. Night, y'all. Jana. Jana, good to see you all tomorrow. Buenas noches, mis amigos.